You're listening to the Decluttered Mom Podcast, a podcast built specifically for busy moms by a busy mom. I'm your host, Diana Renee. And in 2017, I had my second daughter and it felt like I was literally drowning in my home. Okay, not literally, but I felt like I couldn't breathe with all of the stuff surrounding me. Over the next 10 months, I got rid of approximately 70% of our household belongings and I have never looked back. I kind of feel like I hacked the mom system and I'm here to share all the tips, tricks, and encouragement Let's listen to today's show. Awesome. So today we have one of my friends and her name is Amber Brzezicki and I just botched it one second ago to her, (laughs) but apparently I'm not alone. So I feel better. Um, Amber has been a friend for a couple of years. We met through a business program and we've gone through, you know, she helped me one-on-one with some business coaching. We were in a mastermind last year together. Um, and I have been trying to figure out a way to bring her on this podcast because she has so much wisdom and golden nuggets, but her topic is a little bit different than what we normally talk about on here. So she and I were chatting and we came up with some good ideas that would be really useful to all of you. Um, and so I'm really excited. Welcome to the show, Amber. Hey, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Okay. So Amber's handle on Instagram is the best handle ever. And I wish (laughs) mine was as creative as hers, but it's biceps after babies. Amber, how did that like even begin? Yeah. Well, I, I laugh because I mean, my, my signature program is named macros one one, And so like creativity and naming is not my forte. (laughs) (laughs) Like this was like the only time in my life that I've been creative when it came to like naming something. Uh, and I am very happy with it. So, you know, that goes back to when I first started my, my Instagram account, which was not to start a business, by the way, I didn't get onto Instagram thinking, Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a business and I'm going to build my business on Instagram and I'm going to have this business name. And I need to think of business name. It was really just a handle for me. And it was to share my own fitness journey and my own experience. That's why I got on Instagram. So I started my biceps after babies account was just, to I didn't share. Know that. yeah, it yeah. was not a business. It was not a business venture. Okay. And so as I was trying to think of a handle, I remember I was sitting in the car because I have four kids and all you moms know that we just spend a lot of time in the car and I was sitting in the car. I was like waiting for somebody in the driveway. I think one of my kids, I was waiting for like one of my kids and I was scrolling through Instagram and I was in the back of my mind. I was like, what is my handle going to be? What is my handle going to be? And it like, it literally just came to me. It was like biceps after babies. And it can, to me, it conveyed this idea that as moms, often we feel like our post child body will never be better than our pre child body. And so, and I just, don't agree. And I, and I don't love that mentality. And I really truly believe that you can get your best body after having kids. And so that was there, this idea of like biceps after babies came from, and I was like, that's it. it. That's, that's going to be the handle. And I really want moms to know it's not over just because you had kids. Yeah. I love that. Um, and little did you know it would turn into this and then it turned into a business (laughs) and that became my business name as well. But yeah, Yeah. it it wasn't intentional. Were you always, um, like, were you the person that was always working out and lifting or was that something that started after kids? No, like, so I am, was very blessed to have a mom who was a really awesome mentor and role model for me when it came to lifting. And it's one of the reasons that I'm so big on helping other women to be able to get into the weight room and lift weights and, and figure this out because 
you have this short window of opportunity to be such a role model for your children, not only your daughters, but your sons as well. Mm -hmm. And my mom was that for me. Um, she, I grew up her teaching fitness classes. She taught, taught group aerobics and step aerobics. And I remember some of my earliest childhood memories were in when I would go to the YMCA and I could look through the window of like the childcare center and like watch yeah. my mom teach fitness classes. I so my that. like earliest childhood memories. And so when I turned 14, that's how old you had to be to go to the weight room at the YMCA. And my mm -hmm. mom, when I turned 14, she took me into the weight room and showed me all the machines and showed me the dumbbells and very much normalized lifting as a woman. Okay. Like that was, that was not weird at all to me. Yeah. Um, and so that really started my fitness, you know, journey at a very young age, it being very normal for someone to go into the weight room to take care of my, I saw my mom prioritize herself and her fitness and her health. And it's one of the reasons, again, that I love working with moms, because I feel like if I can help a mom change her life, I not only help her change her life, but it also impacts her children's life and her family's life. And so it's such a cool ripple effect that gets to happen. You know, when you, when you change a mom, you change a family and yeah. that's awesome. That's totally true. And, um, I think that's like a humbling part of motherhood is how much our kids, like without us even trying, they embody us and they like start so doing, much. or like, or like they say something that you said and you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot. You can <laughs> listen to me. You're watching everything I do. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I, over the past year, like I have not, I have not been on any type of fitness journey for, you know, I played sports in high school. And then when I hit college, when I wasn't like mandated to be anywhere five days a week, I just mm -hmm. like stopped working out because I didn't know how to work out on my own. So over the past year, I've gotten really into the habit of daily walking. And like, I just make sure that no matter what I yes. walk for 30 minutes minimum, but usually 45 minutes. And in the winter in Denver, that's difficult sometimes. So I got a walking pad for my desk. And now it was funny because last Friday, my seven-year-old like went upstairs and came back down with um, what she called her workout outfit because mm -hmm. she was going to walk. She was going to go walk for a bit. I love it. I love uh, it. I was like, oh. I love it. And yeah. what you're teaching them, like, again, I think sometimes, I mean, we're so hard on our selves as moms, right? It's like, and I can just, I'm sure there are people who are listening to this who are now just starting to have the guilt creep in and they're thinking, well, I don't walk or I don't work out yeah. or how am I failing my kids? And it's another realm I'm just failing my kids in. But I, I think that kids are so lenient and like any little thing that we are showing them is a movement in that direction. So whether it's yeah. lifting weights or it's walking, or it's literally just prioritizing your water and making sure you communicate to that, that to your kids, right? Mm -hmm. Mom's prioritizing your water because it makes me feel better. Like even have communicating that and then having them see you do that helps them to make that connection between mom's important and she's caring for herself. And I think that's really what we want to pass on to our kids. Yeah. I love that. I think also something that I have learned is just how I approach it with them as far as like the words I use. Like, totally. it's not like you yes. know, I like um, my 10 year old was like, well, why do you do it every day now? And I said, yeah. because I just want to be strong and have energy. Um, and I am by no means pretending to be like perfect in this arena, but like, I'm very careful not to say like, oh, it's because I want to lose weight or mm -hmm. something like that, because they're always paying attention to that. Totally. They want to be like us, mm -hmm. you know? 
Yeah, that was something my mom communicated at a very young age. I never once heard her say that she was going to the gym because she wanted to lose weight or get get smaller or anything like that. It was always because it was important to her. She loved the way it made her feel. She got more energy. Like it was an important part of her day. Like it took took care of herself. Like those are the reasons I always heard her. And I think you're, you're spot on right there is like how we communicate the reason why we're doing things to our kids is just as important, if not more important. Absolutely. Okay. So we are um, in February right now, which is, I think, when goals start to kind of shift after New Year's resolutions. Um, So I wanted to talk to you about self-sabotage and just habit building because um, I do think self-sabotage plays a role in, in us not reaching our goals when it comes to anything, but especially for fitness. So what something I wanted to ask you specifically about this is can self-sabotage be like an unconscious or subconscious thing? It always is. It always is. Okay. It always is. Yeah. yeah. So self, so self-sabotage the way that I define it and then the way I work with my clients on it is that experience that all of us have because it's a human phenomenon where we say consciously, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And then subconsciously we do something to sabotage us actually accomplishing it. So it looks like I'm going to go to the gym five times this week. And then, you know, on day three, you like talk yourself out of it. Oh, I don't need to go because of X, Y, and Z, right? It's a, it's an unconscious behavior that we do that sabotages the actual goal that we set for ourselves. And that is the tricky part about self-sabotage is that it is unconscious is it is subconscious, which makes it a lot harder to recognize Mm -hmm. and a lot harder to attack because spotting it is the first challenge. Hard part. (laughs) Hard part. Right. It's like, it's like seeing that in yourself when you get into that, like, um, I always call it like the devil on your, you know, one shoulder and the angel on your other. Like that's the classic form of self-sabotage. It's like the devil says, you know, oh, you don't have to go to the gym. You've already done a bunch. You you didn't sleep very much last night, right? All these really logical explanations as to why you don't need to follow through on the thing you said you're going to follow through on. And then the angels up here going, no, but you said you were going to do it. <laughs> and then yeah. we have this fight between ourselves. And then oftentimes that devil wins. And then we don't follow through on the thing that we said that we were going to do. Okay. So then how do we spot that? Or how do we know, like, is this a logical thing or is it something that we are just self-sabotaging? That is is the exact question to ask. That's that's exactly it. So we can start to investigate anytime that we say that we're going to do something and then we don't follow through on it. Right. And then this is the place that we can get curious and say, why did I not follow through on this? And is it because there's a good explanation and, and, you know, I'm okay with that explanation or is it because of self-sabotage? And it's tricky because, because we're really good at self-deception. We're super good at it. Right. And like I said, any of the, anytime you don't follow through on something, you will always give yourself a reason. We, mm-hmm. our, that's how our brain works. We always give ourselves a reason. Mm-hmm. There's always an explanation. And so we have to look at that excellent explanation and be really honest with ourselves if it's, if it is an excuse, if we're like letting ourselves off the hook, or if it's something that, yes, it is something that was important or we, a change in priorities sometimes, mm-hmm. but that's the, where the tricky part is. And so looking at what it is that you said to yourself, it's going to be very logical. It's going yes. to make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> you know, you could tell it to someone else and they'll be like, oh, that makes so much sense that you didn't work out last night or this morning. Cause you, you know, the baby was up all night. Like that makes yeah. so much sense. Um, And so you have to just get really honest with yourself. Was it a change in priorities or was it um, something that you're utilizing as an excuse? And this takes a little bit of like self uh, introspection. It can be helpful to have an outside perspective as well. 
But I find, and this may be helpful to your listeners, I find that people tend to slant one way or the other in where they either give themselves way too much leniency, leniency, or they're way too hard on themselves. Mm. Right. So I gave this example of, and a lot of the moms listening will be intimately familiar with baby waking up all night long. Right. I find either there are these women who, if that happens and they don't go to the gym, they're either like way too lenient on themselves. And it's like, well, maybe the baby woke up like once last night. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. You were up for like 15 minutes, but you use it as an excuse as to like, not have to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Or I find that women are way too hard on themselves. And they're like, Oh, the baby only got up five times last night. You know, I got a whole two hours of sleep and I have to go to the gym. And so I think just starting to get to know ourselves um, can help you to know if you slant more towards that too hard on yourself, or if you slant more towards the letting yourself off the hook time and time Mm -hmm. and time again. Okay. I think I'm not self-leniency person. Yeah. (laughs) And and, you know, it's it's helped. (laughs) It's helpful just to know that. Right. Yeah. And and so the reason I say that that's helpful to know, because the solution is very different. Okay. The solution for someone who is more self-lenient tends to be having to be a little hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Be like, no girlfriend, like I got plenty of sleep last night. Maybe it's not as much as I wanted, but I got plenty of sleep last night. I can go to the gym and I can do something there. Maybe it's not a high intensity interval training, but you do something. That's the solution for that person. But the solution for the person who is super hard on themselves may actually be, no, you need to stay home and sleep. And that's actually the better choice for you to make. But the solution is very different. And so if you try to solve it and you're the different type of person, you're going to get the wrong solution. Yeah, that makes sense. I um, just got a an aura ring a couple mm. of days ago that I just started wearing, and it, it's funny because I actually am sleeping a lot better than I thought I was. <laughs> I was like, wait, oh, a minute. that's so de- that's so sad, right? <laughs> you want to be able to blame everything on the fact I that I don't get enough sleep. <laughs> Dang it, you I wake up and it's like your your sleep score was eighty two, and you're ready for the day. You're score well recovered. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? Thank you. I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I guess I can't use that as an excuse that it could push me. Um, yeah. So kind of going along the same lines of that is um, something I struggle with. And I posted a question on my Instagram, just, you know, like, hey, I'm having this person on, like, what questions do you have for her? And several people asked this too. So I thought it was a good one. What if you have like going into like your you're wanting to eat better or you're wanting to start like some type of workout routine. Um, but you have like a very all or nothing personality. So it's like for me in the past, when I have started, um, trying to eat better, it's like, I have to either do like whole 30 or I, or I eat like crap. Like there's Mm -hmm. no like in between. How do you kind of find that like happy middle ground? Oh my gosh. I mean, I could talk for hours on this. This is my my jam, right? Like this is what I help women to do because that all or nothing mentality, when you bring that into fitness, it is so detrimental. When you bring into nutrition, it's so detrimental because what we get are these just huge shifts. Like you said of like, I'm either on a diet or I'm way off a diet. I'm either like working out five days a week or I'm not even walking, right? Like uh-huh. these big, big shifts and it's 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 detrimental. Like you're never gonna get to where you wanna go if you cannot solve this problem. Um, and it's this idea of like, where's the middle ground? Where's, where's the moderation? I mean, 
So Diana, you're such a great example of this because you do a beautiful job of breaking down decluttering, which can seem like this big monumental task Mm -hmm. into really small bite-sized pieces to make it really achievable for people. Yeah. It's it's the same thing with fitness. It's the same thing with nutrition. I mean, it's the same thing just in a different context. And so I really, really push people, especially when I'm helping my clients to set goals, I really push them to focus on like one thing. And Mm. most people want to focus when I ask them, I'll even say, what's your one goal. And people will be like, well, I want to lose fat and I want to, you know, gain a lot of muscle and I want to hit the gym and I want to drink a lot of water. Oh no. Yeah. My sleep is like, and they'll list off five things and I'll look back at them and say, no, I said one, what's your your one goal. (laughs) And they will, they will stop. And they like, didn't even realize that when I asked them for their one goal, they gave me five and I really push them. I'm like, no, no, no what's your one goal? Like, what's the first thing that we're going to focus on? And the cool thing about that is what happens is you get momentum. Yeah. But you gain momentum by, you know, this, right? Like, this is what you teach, right? (laughs) I was like, you go and declutter like this one part of your house and it feels so good and you enjoy it. The, the outcome of it so much that that makes, and it makes it feel easy to your brain that you're willing to go declutter the next little space. And then that feels so good. And then you just build this momentum and what used to feel like this monumental task of decluttering your entire house now doesn't feel so hard because you do it one step at a time. And then, so the question is, how do we apply that same mentality to your fitness journey? Mm -hmm. What is that first step that you need to take? This is the question I always ask my clients. So for any of you who are listening, who maybe identify with the all or nothing mentality, this is a question I always ask my clients. What is one thing you could do today that if you did it would move you one step closer to your goals? That's it. And, oh, and last part, and it feels light and easy. Right. So there's a couple of things that are like in that. It's like, what's the one thing you can do today, right? We're not putting this off. What's Mm -hmm. the one thing you can do today that's going to move you towards your goals and it feels light and easy. Mm -hmm. And then the key is, is that you do that one thing. Right. You ask that same question tomorrow. Right. Right. And then you ask that same question tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day. And that's how we build momentum. But this whole key of it being light and easy, people always balk at that because they're like, well, it's like not does I mean if I drink you know half my weight in body or half my body weight in water will that really make a difference? And it's like well isn't it more than you were doing today or yesterday? Right. And that's right. the goal. Right. So it's focusing more on the actions versus the outcome because you yes. might not see or you yep. probably won't see any changes mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah, I mean yeah. and that makes it a little that's a difference between decluttering and like your fitness journey mm-hmm. is the delay in the outcome and the delay in the enjoyment. Yeah. But with decluttering, there is an instantaneous, <laughs> I get to enjoy this space that I just cleaned mm-hmm. up and decluttered. Like yeah. that, that feedback cycle is a lot shorter um, in decluttering than it is in fitness, but it's, it's still there. And yeah. so I like to have clients start to focus on, I, I'm, you know, I want you to set an outcome goal. That's great. But I'm really big in helping clients to focus on what is the immediate gratification that you get. So you went to the gym and no, you didn't lose 10 pounds in one day, but what outcome did you get? Did you feel a little happier? Did you feel a little bit more energy? Did you feel a little stronger? So we can, if we're focusing on the right things, we can get that instant gratification, that instant feedback, but it may not be in the long-term outcome you're, you're trying to seek. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so you teach something called macros, which mm-hmm. like I didn't hear about until 
probably like a year or two ago. But something that really stood out to me was when we were at a mastermind retreat, which I don't, I cannot remember for the life of me if you and I talked about this or if it was just like a conversation I had with myself with you <laughs> sitting next to me. But um, I specifically remember we were in California at a retreat and we were eating breakfast. And I remember like going through and like getting like a little bit of eggs and like one sausage. And then like Amber comes and sits next to me and like has like this heaping plate of like tons of eggs and several like meat, you know, different meat selections. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, that like why like I should be fueling my body. And instead I'm just like picking these like little things. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like a light bulb went off for me in that moment because it was like we had very like it was clear that we had very different goals with our eating. Like for me, it was like, I'm going to eat. So I feel like full enough until lunch. And Mm -hmm. like, for you, it was like, I am going to fuel my body. I just worked out before I came to this thing. Um, And so can you just talk a little bit about what macros even is? There's probably a lot of people that are listening right now that have no idea what that even means. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also if you could speak a little bit to like the idea of fueling your body versus just eating to get by. Yeah. Well, um, so I love that. And I probably went back for seconds too. <laughs> That's yeah. always the thing that people like notice as well when they see me eating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the cool thing about macros and, and macro counting is that, um, you're eating macros, whether or not you're paying attention to it or not. Yes. Um, every single day you're eating, ma- you're eating a certain amount of macros. Um, so macros are just where your calories come from. There are three main macronutrients we pay attention to and that's fat carbs and protein. Mm-hmm. And so our bot are our food is made up of these different macronutrients and it's where we get our calories from. from. And um, the cool thing about that is when you start to understand the three macros, um, you understand that each plays a slightly different role in your body. I always like to give the metaphor of like, um, it's like in your car, you have different fluids in your car. You have your gas, you have your, you know, radiator fluid and you have your windshield wiper fluid and they all do something different. They're liquids, but they all like do something different in your car. It's the same thing for the macronutrients. And so Again, you're eating a certain amount of macros every single day, whether or not you're paying attention to it. But when we start to pay attention to it, what we can do is make sure, to your point, that we are fueling our body appropriately, that we have the right number of each type of macro for what our body needs, for energy, for hormone production, for um, you know rebuilding tissue and building muscle. And um, you know that's why we need to pay attention. And that's why paying attention to this will get us better results and will fuel our body better. So the way that I help clients learn to use macro counting is much less in a restrictive diet way of like, here's your macros. Now you must follow them. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you're bad. (laughs) You know, like that whole diet mentality is like not my jam and not how I approach it. It really becomes this idea of how can I understand my body? How can I understand what my body needs and get to be in tune with understanding how I feel when I eat certain different foods and certain macros. And then how can I align the foods that I'm eating and the nutrition that I'm giving my body with the goals that I have set for myself. And that often doesn't mean restriction. That often doesn't mean eating less. It often doesn't mean like focusing on cutting things out. It often means how can we fuel your body better? How can we have you go to the gym and then go have breakfast and make sure you're replenishing your body so it can perform and do the things that it needs to do. Yeah. 
I love that. So when I first learned about macros, it was like the opposite for me as far as like eating less because I have ADHD. So anyone who's listening can relate that sometimes we just forget to eat. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, it's not like a like restrictive lot, thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a conscious decision. I'm not eating, but it's like, oh shoot, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. And I have not eaten today because my brain hasn't thought about it yet. Right. I'm yeah. like starving. Um, and so I learned through macros that I was like massively under eating my yeah. calorie intake and my protein was like mm-hmm. a quarter of what I should be. Yeah. So just increasing the protein alone made me just feel so much better like day to day, which was yeah. really surprising to me. Yeah. It, there's a surprising number of women who are under eating yeah. <laughs> and that, that is the problem. And it's tricky because they'll come to me and say, well, I, I, I'm not losing weight. Like I need to eat less. I need to calorie restrict less. And it's actually the opposite. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you've under ate for so long that your metabolism is now down, down regulated. And we actually need to get you eating more food. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's counterintuitive for a lot of us. And so, yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing, but really fueling yourself well is, is the secret to feeling good and looking good as well. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I could talk to you about this all day long, but, um, (laughs) we try to keep our episodes a little shorter. So, um, Amber, I know that you have a challenge coming up, um, soon, right? So can you just tell us a little bit about what it is and how, and, and we'll have a link in the show notes also. Yeah. So I love to kind of turn what people think that they know and understand about fitness and nutrition and getting healthier and kind of turn it on his head. Because what I see with a lot of clients is that they come to me and they have a lot of knowledge uh, about what they should be doing, right? They kind of all know how to eat healthy and exercise. Like we consciously know that, but at the same time, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And so if it was all, if it was all about just me teaching you some new science and some new nutritional science, like and that would get you results. That would be amazing, but that's not actually the case. Yeah. And so what I like to do in my challenge is kind of take what you think that you know about health and fitness and kind of turn it on its head and yeah. really help you to see what those missing pieces are and what's preventing you from getting to where you want to go in terms of your health and your fitness and your body and be able to kind of put those missing pieces in for you so that it really can change the way that you approach health and fitness. And it's one of my favorite weeks of the whole year because I get to interact with a ton of people and we get to have so many light bulb moments, like the number of like ahas and like, oh my gosh, the mind blown emojis, the things that people never thought about, um, is, is my favorite. So if you want to kind of turn what you think, you know, about fitness on its head, come and join us at the challenge. I love it. Okay. So we're going to have the link in the um, show notes, but then also you can find Amber on Instagram at biceps after babies. Is that probably the best place for people to find you? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I had so much fun chatting with you. Yes. Super fun. I could talk for forever about this. You're amazing, Diana, and at what you do. And I think um, I really love that I love that we had that, that overlap of, of saying like, you know how to declutter house step-by-step and we just bring the same thing in fitness. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amber. Thanks for hanging out and listening to the decluttered mom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world. If you could write a review or share this episode with a friend or your Instagram stories, And if you're on Instagram, be sure to follow me at the.decluttered.mom and send me a DM to say hi. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. I hope you'll come back next week and hang out with us again.